Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible class each Wednesday evening for those who are not able to be at the building with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, and others who are not able to be at the church building with other congregations all around the country and around the world. But also for those who are just searching to understand God's Word, searching for Bible studies, wanting to learn more. And we know that there are many people listening to our podcasts all across the country and around the world. We're thankful for that, and we give God the glory. We're thankful that He has blessed us with the means and the ability and the opportunity to be able to spread His Word on such a widespread basis all around the world by the medium of the Internet through these podcast Bible studies. We're thankful to have that opportunity, and we want to encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other, and other technological means. You know people in your life who need to get into God's Word. They need to start focusing on their relationship with God and upon their souls. Help them to do this by sharing these studies with them all the time with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. What a great blessing it would be to help somebody get to heaven. It would not only be a great blessing for them, but it would be for you as well. We also want to encourage you to tell others to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down to our podcast button, click on that, and sign up for our podcasting. Now, we keep emphasizing, we're not after your wallet. We want to help people get to heaven. It's free. Using our website, accessing all of that Bible study material, it's all free. It's there for people to use and study and learn from and grow spiritually through. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So the more we get into God's Word the stronger our faith should become, and the closer to God we should become as well. Our prayer is that we can help people come to God all the way through Jesus Christ, repenting of their sins, confessing their faith in Christ as God's Son and their Lord and Savior, and surrendering to Him in baptism for the remission of sins, being reborn spiritually. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. Now, when somebody signs up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whether that's their smartphone or computer or laptop or pad or tablet, whatever it might be, they will automatically receive our Wednesday night Bible class, our Sunday morning Bible class, and all of our sermons, and they will receive what I really think is a wonderful, short, about a 13-minute Bible study every single day called Today's Bible Class, and they will receive our Monday through Friday daily radio program, Search the Scriptures. Again, all of that will be automatic, and it will all be free. While at at our website at churchofchrist.com, they can access hundreds of sermons, download those and listen to them, and now, and for quite some time now, they've been posted in video format as well as audio, and they can also download and study through and learn from and grow spiritually through hundreds of, of scripturally based and spiritually focused articles. All of that, again, is there for free. So take advantage of it. Encourage everyone you can to do so as well. We're going to get back into our study in Second Peter. We are in chapter 2. 
I hope you're enjoying this particular study as much as I am. I know I, I say, and others tell me, at the, tell me the same thing, the teacher always gets more out of a Bible study than those who are having the lessons presented to them by the teacher. The teacher is digging deep into it. He's trying to understand uh, probably on a broader based scale than he's able to really effectively get across fully to the class that he's trying to teach. Or the same thing is true about a preacher. He puts his time into studying and getting ready for a sermon, and then he presents it in a rather short form compared to the time he spent digging into the material to prepare that sermon. And so he gets more out of it than those who are listening to the sermon. Now, it's valuable to those who are listening, either the sermon or the Bible class, but the teacher it, it just gets kind of deeper and, and, and more of a rich understanding of what, the, of what the lesson is that he's trying to prepare. But I, I do hope, I pray, that you're getting, that you're enjoying this as much as I am. I know we are digging deep or looking at it in detail. That is the text that Peter has written in this second epistle or letter. But it, there's so much there, and I want to try to help you pretty much as much as I can to see the depth of the teaching that God has guided the Apostle Peter to lay out for us in this scripture text. Now, we've looked at the first 11 verses in chapter 2 of 2 Peter, and this particular context of scripture is really focusing on false teaching. You can make some broader application of what Peter is laying out here, but and, and that would be to just sinful lifestyles in general. But specifically, going back to the first three verses of chapter 2, he's focusing on false teachers. Remember, he says in verse 1, there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them or who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. The false teachers are out there. Just as there were people who claimed to be prophets of God in Old Testament times, but they were not prophesying God's word, they were false prophets. They were prophesying error, contradictions to God's word. Well, just as that was the case in Old Testament times, just so now there are preachers, ministers who claim to be ministers of, 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 of Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, who are false teachers. They're not teaching what the scriptures really teach, what they say. And in many cases, you've got preachers out there and teachers out there who are actually denying a number of things that the scriptures lay out. Now, when Peter says here in verse 1, even denying the Lord who bought them, yeah, there are, there are false teachers out there who are denying that very point of truth, and that's central to New Testament Christianity. Now, are they saying, well, we don't believe there was ever a man named Jesus living on the earth? They're not saying that necessarily, but that he was God the Son, he was God incarnate on this earth, that he was literally raised from the dead, they start questioning things along these lines. And let me tell you, that is destructive 
destructive doctrine to anybody who listens to that and takes it in and believes it. There are people out there who claim to be teachers and preachers of God's word who deny God's word to be his word, at least fully. They will say, well, you know, it's not necessarily that we ought to believe that everything written in the New Testament and maybe especially in the Old Testament, but, it, but in the New Testament as well, was, li- was literally God's word. It, men wrote down things out of their own heads, things that sounded good to them. Uh, no, that's not true. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16. And that means literally from the Greek translation It is as though the words were flowing across the lips of God from his very mouth. Now, of course, God is spirit, so that's accommodative kind of imagery there. But basically, bottom line, it means all scripture is God's very word. We're to understand it that way, believe it that way. And that's the only way that we can have absolute confidence in, in all that it teaches us, all that it says about God, all that it says about Jesus Christ, all that it says about forgiveness and salvation and redemption and eternal life in heaven, all that it says about Christianity and the church. God's word is accurate. It is God's word, not man's word. But you do have preachers and teachers who claim to be teaching Christianity, the gospel of Christ, who are denying that much of what we see in Scripture is truly, literally God's word. And then you'll also have those preachers and teachers out there who they will look at certain teachings in the New Testament and they'll say, well, that's out of date now. That doesn't really apply to us in our modern day culture. And so we need to understand that we should not believe that in its literal application to us in our lives today. Well, again, false, false, false teaching. We need to understand that If we start rejecting part of God's word, we might as well just throw the whole book away because who are we and where do we get the ability? How can we know with certainty that what we say is not really God's word is not really God's word? And converse reasoning, how do we know that what we say, well, we can trust this to truly be God's word, How do we know we can trust it to be truly God's word? Either the Bible in toto is God's word or it's not. It is unashamed in continually and consistently declaring itself to be God's very word. Not only 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16, but over and over and over you read different scriptures that begin by saying the word of the Lord or the Lord said, and that's repeated throughout the scriptures. Let's simply get back to the Bible and whatever it says, that's God's will for our lives. And let's accept it as such. 
and stop trying to change God's word. Almost the very last verses in the New Testament, Revelation 22, verses 18 and 19, warns the reader and the teacher, do not change God's word. Do not take anything away from it. Do not add anything to it. When you look at Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, the Apostle Paul warned those Christians of Galatia because they were being they were being influenced, at least some of them, to some extent, by false teachers. And he said, if anyone comes and preaches or teaches any other gospel to you than what we have taught you, let him be accursed. Because you see, again, once you change the gospel message, it's no longer the gospel message. Once you change God's word, it's no longer God's word. It's your word. And that is not inspired. Well, let's look back at 2 Peter chapter 2, and we studied down through verse 11, but I want to focus on verse 9 here, a particular statement there that I did not take much time with last time. And here, verse 9 says, Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Now, that first part of that statement, then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. A lot of people do not become Christians because they fear that they cannot really live a faithful Christian life. They're, they're feeling that they, they just cannot resist the temptations that they have succumbed to in their life previous to this, and so they, they just they don't become Christians. I don't think I can live the life. I don't think I can be faithful on a, on a consistent basis. But over and over again, the scriptures tell us that if we will walk with God, in faithful obedience, consistently, God will walk with us and he will strengthen us against whatever ways the devil might try to lead us into sin. In Psalm 27 and verse 1, the psalmist wrote this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life the strength of my life. What a great statement and encouragement, but also promise that that is for the person who will walk with God consistently. When we look at what the wise man wrote in Proverbs chapter 3, beginning with verse 5, notice, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You see, when we start trying to figure it out all by ourselves, thinking that we're strong enough, wise enough, knowledgeable enough, skilled enough to do whatever we, 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 want, we think needs to be done all by ourselves, then we're in trouble. And we're heading down the road to more trouble. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your steps. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh 
and strength to your bones. Boy, what great statements. And again, they're statements of instruction, direction, and encouragement for us. We need to follow God's word consistently. When we come back into the New Testament, we look at 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter, 3, uh, chapter 10. And here, the Apostle Paul, and I really think this is one of the greatest verses of encouragement to the, to the Christian that we can find in the entire New Testament as to his ability to have absolute confidence that he can live in faithfulness before God and Jesus Christ on a consistent basis. The Apostle Paul wrote, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And so the Apostle Paul assures the Christian, and we struggle, don't we? Even as Christians, we've got that war going on within us. The devil's trying to pull us one way and God's trying to assure us, now you just stay with me, I'll take care of you. I'm leading you down the right path. That other guy over there, the devil, he's trying to lead you to eternal condemnation and destruction in hell. Walk with me, I'll take care of you. And here Paul says, God will not allow us to be confronted with temptation that is so overwhelming that we cannot possibly say no to it. The middle of that verse says, God is faithful. Now think about that. God is faithful. He'll keep his promise. He'll not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But whenever the devil throws a temptation at you, God will make sure that there's a way of escape so that you may be able to bear it and say no. What a great promise that is. Incredible promise when you stop and think about it. When we look at Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, here the apostle Paul wrote also, I can do all things by myself, in and of myself, by my own power, my own strength, through my own wisdom, knowledge, ability. No. Paul learned his lesson. He learned the lesson that we all need to learn. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I can face whatever the devil will throw at me, confident not in my own power, but in God's power to see me through and deliver me from all of those temptations and all of those ways of the devil that he's going to try to use to bring me down, to bring me down. We look at 1 John, 1 John and chapter 3, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, chapter 4 and verse 4. And here John the Apostle writes, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. If we're walking with God, God's walking with us, and God is more powerful than anyone and anything else, including the devil himself. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, 
And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. The Apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 5, and we studied this in our study of his first letter, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. That is upon God or upon Christ. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary or enemy, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. God God makes the way for us to be able to resist the devil. Faith comes, as we keep emphasizing in these studies, faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. The more we stay in God's word, walking with God according to those teachings, the stronger our faith becomes and the better able we become to be able to resist all of those temptations that the devil throws at us. And remembering all the time that God is there with us as long as we are there with God. Again, what did Peter say? 2 Peter 2 and verse 9, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. God knows how to deliver us. God knows how to take care of us even in those difficult times. He he knows how to see us through. And he has promised to do so as long as we stay there and we keep walking with him according to his will, communicated to us in his word, the Holy Scriptures. I often often try to get across the message to people that as long as you're holding on to God's hand, he'll never let go of yours. There is no outside force, including the devil himself, that can make us turn away from God, that can make us sin, that can make us become unfaithful to God. Now, we can make those choices, either consciously or unconsciously. We can give in to the temptations of the devil, but the devil cannot make us sin. He cannot make us give in to those temptations. Remember going back to the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3, The devil presented himself before Eve. He started tempting her. Now, he outright lied, and he coupled that with deceit. When she said, God had, well, first he asked her, has, you know, have you got all the fruit of the garden to eat? Has God given you all? Yeah, God's given us all the fruit of the garden to eat, except the tree, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For God has said, in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. We're not supposed to eat of the fruit of that tree. And the devil lied in response by saying, you're not going to die. Now, that was a lie. But then he deceived her and said, when you eat of that fruit, you're going to become like God, knowing good and evil. Well, that was deception. Yeah, she would know good and evil at that point because she would have entered into sinfulness. But now the devil could not make her disobey God and eat of that forbidden fruit. She took it herself. She made that choice. The devil could not make her sin. 
she chose to disobey God. And in making that choice and taking that action, she became a sinner. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 32, the Apostle Paul wrote this, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us, how shall he not how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And then you drop down to verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then Paul begins to go through a listing of a number of outward forces, outside forces. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? Verse 37, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So boil down, what is Paul saying there? What outside force is so powerful that it's capable of separating us from the love of God, pulling us away from God? And Paul says, nothing, no outside force. We can choose to walk away from God, but no outside force nothing of this world, nothing in this world, and not even the devil himself can pull us away from God against our will. Remember, God is faithful. He will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able, but with the temptation, he'll always make the way of escape. He'll always make the way for us to be able to face that temptation holding on to his hand in faithfulness and say no to that temptation. What did Peter say again? 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, God knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. We'll pick up with verse 12 next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for being there with us and for us as long as we will walk with you. Thank you for promising us, assuring us that through your power, we can resist the devil and all of his temptations successfully, victoriously. Please help us to hold on to this surety and to never let go of your hand. And we know then that you will never let go of ours. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.